Welcome to Insightful Principles. This channel was designed to give you financial content in the areas of business, finance, and investing, while bringing entrepreneurial stories to the forefront in a transparent dialogue. Sit back and learn on how you can develop your financial wisdom and create a blueprint for financial freedom. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for tuning in into another episode of Insightful Principles. Uh, this is episode 33. And within this episode, this is a continuation of the stimulus package breakdown that I went over on Wednesday. And if you all can do me a huge favor, um, if you could like, subscribe, and share this video, if you are listening on the podcast, um, if you can rate and also leave a review and subscribe uh, to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the other audio platforms of what device that you're using, uh, that would be greatly appreciated. Now, within this video, I want to really go over the remaining components of the stimulus bill. Now, $45 billion is going to be provided for the transportation industry, and they certainly need it. Uh, travel has been down significantly uh, since the pandemic has started. And the airlines in the mass transit industries, uh, they also have been significantly impacted by the pandemic as well. Now, the U.S. airlines, they're going to be receiving $15 billion, uh, in funding. And then also, you know, with the intentions of the funds, uh, the federal government is hoping that most of these airlines are going to bring back the 32,000 low workers uh, that transpired last year in the fall. Now, according to Yahoo Finance, the airline industry is down two thirds and it could potentially take more time for travel to go up. A lot of analysts have been saying it's going to take more than a year uh, for the travel industry to see uh, those same revenue numbers pre the uh, pandemic. And some feel that the aid that is being provided uh, in the 15 billion is only going to help a lot of airlines be able to pay their payroll until March. So it definitely stresses the urge of when the next president comes in the office of more aid, uh, more negotiations and more conversations to be started, because uh, I think we all know that uh, the airline industry, uh, they will need some additional funding to really stay afloat throughout the whole entire year. So Southwest, Southwest Airlines, um, they haven't had to furlough any workers in 50 years since their inception. And actually, the when the pandemic first started, the CEO of Southwest Airlines, he actually cut back on his own salary so he could be able to pay his uh, employees. But they recently came out early of December of 2020 and said that they would have to lay off 7,000 workers if they were not be able to keep up with their payroll and other expenses. Uh, speaking of other airlines, uh, United Airlines and American Airlines uh, were the ones that laid off, well, that furloughed a majority of those 32,000 uh, workers. And the companies have been losing about 25 to uh, 30 million uh, burning in cash per day. They've been going through a lot of cash and the company actually has a little more than 50, 15 billion in their liquidity. But uh, definitely this, this 
uh, recent stimulus package is going to present a lifeline uh, for the airline industry. Now, along with the airline aid, uh, there's one billion is going to go to airline contractors, as well as two billion for airports and concessionaires. Uh, 14 billion is going to the mass transit system, and they tremendously needed as well, especially in New York. Um, 10 billion is going to highways. Uh, 1 billion for Amtrak. And two billion for private bus, uh, school bus, and ferry companies. Now, the American Public Transportation Association, uh, the APTA, has urged Congress for at least 32 billion in federal funding. Uh, they said this within the fall of last year that they were going to need that specific amount just to be able to maintain uh, the employees that work in the transit system, as well as being able to cover all of the expenses and the upkeep with their contractors uh, within the transit system. Now, even though the $14 billion fell short, uh, the administration has created some dialogue. And I know uh, Biden has came out and said that uh, there's going to be more aid that they're going to have to put out into the economy. Uh, but, you know, I do also think, too, you know, just speaking of economics, with all of the stimulus being brought into the economy, it is needed for us to be able to, for the uh, whole overall economy to thrive. But it, it does stress that, you know, the dollar is weakening to a certain a certain aspect because there's so much aid uh, that's being provided in, in cash, you know, in dollars that, you know, it, it does make you think that, you know, it's, it's good to have your uh, just your portfolio diversified because of uh, just the current climate that we're in now, you know, with our economy and the mass transit industry, uh, they're actually going through some challenges as similar to what the airline industry is going through as well. Uh, the APTA conducted a survey stating uh, 47% of public transit uh, industry businesses are expected to lay off workers and also nearly 31% of the industry is concerned that they will go out of business. So that just goes to show you that these mass transit bu businesses are really expecting major changes with both uh, having to let go some of their workers and also even completely losing their business as well. Now, most of this aid that has been provided for the transportation industry, uh, it will begin negotiations for future aid, I'm sure, uh, for this uh, particular industry uh, throughout 2021. So the next aspect of the stimulus package is rental assistance. Now, there were millions of Americans that lost their homes, that were evicted, that faced eviction uh, cases all throughout America uh, last year. And... There actually is going to be $25 billion that will be provided for emergency rental relief. And they're also going to be an extended eviction ban going through January 31st of 2021. Now, the rental relief is going to also help landlords that still need to pay their mortgages. So the landlords that are expecting tenants to pay rent. Uh, they still have to take care of their mortgages as well. So they created this program for both sides, for both uh, the renters that are struggling with paying their rent and then also with the landlords not getting 
uh, money from the tenants. Uh, they are providing this relief program to be able to help so they can be able to pay their mortgages. Now, the $25 billion is actually being funded through the Coronavirus Relief Fund. And also, it's going to be administered by the U.S. Department of Treasury. And once the states receive the funds, uh, tenants will be able to apply for the aid uh, through local or relief organizations. And the expenses uh, that it can be used for is just back rent. Uh, overdue utility payments and also future bills as well so it's great that they are really uh, helping a lot of Americans that are struggling you know with paying their mortgage and also the landlords that also need that funding as well now in order for rentals renters to be eligible for the relief uh, their household income it has to be low 80% of the media median income we can fluctuate based on uh, the state uh, just the state uh household income and they also uh someone in the household has to qualify for unemployment benefits and they also have had the lost part of their income or experienced a financial hardship due to COVID-19 or they can show that they are being uh potentially evicted from their home so landlords and utility companies will pay be paid directly from the state or the local governments as long as the tenants sign off on the application but if the landlords do decide to refuse the aid uh actually what's unique about this program is that uh the renters can actually apply and receive the funds and then they can pay their landlords so i thought that was pretty unique now uh the next component is the child care industry uh with i spoke on wednesday a lot about how the universities and also with K through 12, uh, how there's been a lot of aid put into the education system and just a uh, higher education to be able to help a lot of these uh, school programs stay afloat. And this is the same case for the child care industry. Uh, a lot of uh, child care uh, programs were at stay at home orders uh, most of all of last year when the pandemic start. And now as the child care programs are starting to open back up, uh, they need significant funding to be able to cover um, their expenses, their supplies, and also uh, for the business owners that have their own child cares, they need help paying with the with their payroll. So there's a lot of various aspects, you know, with the child care sector as well. And the child care sector, they're actually expected to receive $10 billion in emergency funding, uh, which is tremendously needed now. Many daycare providers and also the preschool owners, uh, they have taken on significant financial losses, uh, both personally and professionally. Uh, out of the, the $10 billion that's going to be provided, uh, $250 million will be provided for the Head Start program. And the Head Start program is pretty much a program that focuses on the social, mental, physical, and emotional development of children so they can be school ready before they actually uh, get involved with uh, their uh, program with the uh, child care center and this is usually starts from the ages of uh, from birth until five years of age and it's just really to ensure that the child is mentally ready and emotionally ready to be able to be back in a school environment so uh, a majority of the funding will go uh, to the child care and development block grant uh, to help fund grants for child care providers. And this can be used to stabilize their businesses. 
by paying for payroll, being able to purchase uh, sanitation supplies, and even spending money on fixed costs such as rent. Now, according to the National Association for the Education of Young Children, 56% of child care providers are losing money to stay open and 42% have used personal credit cards to pay for supplies and other items. So it just goes to show you that uh, the child care industry, there's a lot of business owners that are losing money just to stay open. Um, they're working at less capacity and the costs are uh, continuing to rise. And also they're having to use their own credit cards uh, just to be able to pay for those additional supplies to be able to uh, be able to provide those resources for the children. So it, it definitely shows that this funding is needed as well uh, for the child care sector. And hopefully uh, they have some more attention as well um, going throughout the year. Now, uh, also, you know, the child care industry, it, it plays such a vital role, you know, on just the development of children and propelling the next generation of, of kids that will, will be uh, in this world and more funding, you know, it is definitely uh, going to be a point of emphasis and uh, also the child care programs are uh, going to be eligible for the Paycheck Protection Program, the PPP program. So uh, that's also great as well. Now, the last area that I want to talk on of the stimulus package is uh, the assistance for small community banks and low income minority uh, community areas. Now, 12 billion is going to be provided to the community development financial institutions, the CDFI, and then the minority deposit institutions, the MDI to assist very small businesses and communities that have been most affected uh, by this economic crisis. Now, the funding provision has shown that uh, $9 billion is going to go in capital investments and CDFIs and MDIs uh, to support underserved uh, and low-income low uh, minority communities, including poverty counties and these are some that have those disadvantages that have been impacted by the economic effect effects of COVID-19. Uh, $3 billion is actually going to be funded in grant support for CDFIs uh, to respond to the economic impact as well. And there also is going to be a provision uh, regarding the Equal Credit Opportunity Act, uh, which will allow all, and this is including depository uh, CDFIs, uh, to collect demographic data such as race, gender, uh, ethnicity uh, from borrowers and creditors and applicants uh, for credit uh, so they can be able to make sure that those other underdeserved, uh, those underserved and low income communities um, can be provided those investment opportunities uh, and making sure that they're equally served. So this pretty much wraps it up for this episode. Uh the stimulus package, you know, is is definitely a large one as far as the different components and the funding that's being provided for uh, many of these industries. And it just goes to show that uh, this is just the beginning of the year. Uh, we don't know what the year is going to bring uh, as far as, you know, with the pandemic. But it is uh, good to see that at least this funding will help for the time being. But I'm sure that a lot of the leaders in office um, in Congress understand that there will be there will be uh, a, a need for additional funding. 
uh, for many of these industries. So uh, if you all could please uh, like, subscribe, and share this video, um, please continue to uh, leave a review on the podcast if you can rate and subscribe on that platform as well. Um, also, if you all can support the Patreon page uh, where I create exclusive content um, in various different areas. Uh, with uh, financial literacy, you know, creative investing, and also just business ideas. Uh, also, my link tree is going to be in the show notes of this video so you all can be able to connect with me on various different platforms. And also, if you can follow the page um, at Insightful Principles on Instagram, uh, that would be greatly appreciated. And I did want to tell you all, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Insightful Principles and take care.